What's up, what's up, highness queens? We are back with another episode of Bluntly Black Girls. And I'm super excited because, one, do y'all realize that there are only two more Thursdays? No, wait. After this, after after today, when this releases, there will be two more Thursdays. But basically what I'm trying to say, it's this episode and then another episode on the 28th. And we are done for this year. That is a wrap for 2023. I cannot believe that. Like, that's so insane to me. It always feels like the year goes by so fa- so fast once we're in the holiday season. But I'm just so happy with where I'm at right now, where I'm going and where I see myself going into 2024, where the podcast is at, where it's going in 2024, and everything that's just like evolving from this. And so I know I keep saying this, but I feel like I can't say it enough. All of that is for, is because of y'all and because of y'all's support. So I just wanted to say thank you again because we got two more episodes, including this one, coming out this year. And it will be officially the most episodes that I've released in one year. 15 episodes this year. And that's just insane to me. Insane. And I can't stay consistent with nothing. Nothing. But y'all have supported me into consistency, okay? And I love it here. I love it here. Anyways, I say all that to say thank you. And um also want to let y'all know that I have started the newsletter, The Stash. I know we've talked about it in a couple of our last few episodes, but in case you haven't heard, we do have a newsletter now. It's called The Stash, and it's where you'll get weekly updates about things that are going on in the cannabis industry things that interest us as black women or that revolve around us as black women, things that entertain us, and much, much, much more to come soon. We're going to have strain reviews. We're going to have tons of just different things in the newsletter. And so you want to subscribe now um, so you can be with us on the ground floor because, again, we we love it here. We love it here. So subscribe to The Stash, please. Um, you can do that by going to the website, Um, and you will see a pop-up that will allow you to subscribe. Um, or you can go through the link on our Instagram, the link in our bio on our Instagram, and there will also be a link there for you to subscribe to The Stash. Now, let's get into this episode. Let's talk a little bit about the episode first. I got... My girl, Anaya Lawson of Front Row Travels, um, which is a cannabis-friendly travel agency. And we sat, we smoked, we talked, we laughed, we did all the things. And um, we talked about her cannabis journey. Uh, we talked about the importance of rest, why you should hire a travel agent. And then she gives her top five tips for the bluntly black girl travelers. So this episode is packed full of knowledge she definitely taught me some things even re-listening to the episode while I was recording I was like oh huh that's a good idea I'm gonna have to keep that in mind for the next time I travel because you know what's happening in 2024 do you know let me let me tell you traveling okay that's what's happening in 2024 we're we're taking flights we're gonna we're gonna go see some stuff so I wanted to get this episode out to y'all so that we could like travel together. Let's 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 pack our bags, bluntly black girls. Let's pack our bags and get get on jets and go to exotic places, highness queens. I, I love that life for us. 
So, before we do all that, we got to know some the tips and tricks. Because let me tell you, they're good. They're, they're some good ones. So, let's get into this episode. So, let me introduce who came to smoke with me today. It's my girl, Highness Queen Ayana. And I'm super excited, not only because she has, like, my favorite hair color right now, um, and also probably about my favorite length, because mine is getting a little out of hand. Um, but we are talking about something very near and dear and on my my every bucket list or what's it, what's those things called, um, vision board that I have in my life, and that is travel, because Ayana is the queen of cannabis travel. Like, I, I'm just going to give you that name. I don't know if you already have it, but if not, I'm just giving it to you because I feel like it is so deserved, you know? Thank you, thank you. Yes. So um, I know you do a lot of things, and we are going to get into the your business. Um, but before that, give us a quick rundown of about yourself, who you are and your relationship with cannabis. Well, I'm Ayana Lawson, and I am owner of Front Row Travels, um, a full-service cannabis travel agency. And as far as for me, I am, I'll say, an av- a cannabis advocate, entrepreneur, um, mom, friend, self, like all the commas. But um, mostly, I'm about breaking the you know, like stigma of cannabis use through travel and education. Yeah. And so, you know, anytime I hear breaking the stigma in terms of cannabis, especially when it's coming from black women, I'm like, oh, I need her on the pod. I need her on the pod. It has to happen. We have to talk. We have to be friends. We have to smoke together. It's just Absolutely. Me. I mean, because we suffer from some of like the highest rates of anxiety, depression and stress, but we're the least likely to seek help. And cannabis has been shown to help with all those factors, but there's still like a big stigma. And I understand it. Not everybody can be, you know, vocal about their use, but there's still a big stigma um, about cannabis use in our community. So I'm just hoping to, you know, really break the stigma. Right. And I mean, I love it when goals come together because we both have the same goal in that aspect of really destigmatizing the plant and letting people know, like, hey, the plan is not the evil. I promise you it's mm-hmm. not. The people who tell you it's evil are the evil. Yeah, it's yeah. not the plan. The plan <laughs> will help you. And like you said, mm-hmm. we're also, we we are the most likely to, you know, deal with stress and anxiety and all of those mental health issues. And we're also the least likely to take rest. And mm-hmm. um, on top of taking rest, like you said, going to to see somebody to deal with those those stressors or doing something to deal with those stressors but even just something as simple as rest i don't i don't know that it's really built into a black woman's vocabulary as she's growing up because like it's a demon word and so i love that your business is cannabis and really mental health because traveling and getting away and vacation baby my mental health after a vacation (laughs) Yeah, oh. it's like a way to break the monotony. Like travel has its own benefits alone, and then cannabis has its own um, benefits. But but when you combine the two, it's like you just you know just at a risk of sounding corny, like you elevated the whole experience. Like some people go for a medicinal journey, some people go for a recreational journey. Like I judge, you know, I'm not judging either way. But there's just something extra. The food tastes better. Your mood's different. 
um you, you know like a little less painful like, yes like it's it's just something else to kind of be elevated i'm not saying you know be so high out your mind that you forget everything but i mean let's be honest that was me and alcohol for like a, a good amount of years mm-hmm. like you go you know spring break or you go mm-hmm. like go wild I'm not here to judge again, but it was just, it's just something different when you mix cannabis and travel. It's like a different vibe. Right. It's like a grown-up vibe, I guess. Right. Like, it reminds <laughs> me of, and um, I hope I don't step on any toes while I say this, but um, I joined this social club in my area, and they were talking about doing a cruise with the club in San Diego. And they're like, yeah, but they want to go on a carnival cruise. And mm-hmm. everybody was like, mm, mm. we've been there, we did that. And to me, that's like the alcohol cruise, right? That's where you go, mm-hmm. you get drunk, you get bucked up, you party. But there also mm-hmm. might be little kids running around. So it's a little, you know, it's 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 a lot going on. And, and they're like, can we mm-hmm. go somewhere else? And I don't remember the name of the line they talked about because I wasn't really, I'm not, I wasn't planning on going to cruise anyway. So I kind of tuned out but they're like we want to go on the grown-up cruise and that's kind of what it makes me think of when you say the alcohol night versus the cannabis night is like alcohol is fine there's nothing was wrong with carnival i've been on carnival multiple times and had an amazing time i loved it still talk about it i listen i got married on a carnival show so i'm always going to be like team carnival (laughs) right my parents renewed their vows like i love carnival but it is and i tell i even before they made this analogy i told people all the time it was a seven-day party. Like, literally, oh, yeah. that's what it was. It was a seven-day party. Okay. And I was all now, here for it. Now, now, at this big old age, I don't know that I can do that. <laughs> okay? Like, my knees won't let me. It's not, it's not set up that way. I don't it's know not, that well, I can I will do that say, anymore. <laughs> excuse me. I took a puff at the wrong time. Look. But I will say, it can be done with Carnival. Now, we had one scheduled for Carnival as well. And I will say the... The, I guess, cannabis part really came when we got off the ship. A lot of our experiences were on, were like more onshore than, of course, the cruise ship because, you know, it has its limits of what you can do as far as cannabis and maritime laws and all that other stuff. But it can be done, but ultimately you have to, I guess, know your traveler, um, which is why it's best to work with an advisor because you kind of, tell them what you're looking for like if like you said it's like a seven day party and if you kind of want to have that experience where it is a party type atmosphere not even necessarily with alcohol because you can do mocktails you can Mm do you know a lot of your excursions off um well in port but um just the vibe though i would say virgin voyages or something like that is more First off, it's an adult-only cruise, so win-win right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. it also depends on the ports that they go into because you're, you know, cannabis-friendly is how I like to describe my destinations. It may not be um, always, I will say, legal, but, you know, for instance, Jamaica. Yeah. Honestly, you're not supposed to really consume Jamaica unless I think you're a resident, but... Jamaica is known for right. <laughs> cannabis. Like, that's just ludicrous. And, of course, there's ways to, you know, kind of figure work that gray area. Yeah, mm-hmm. figure it out. Do what, do what you have to do. But, you know, do it safely. So cruises are not off the, um, like, I guess off the list totally. I wish more companies actually did them mm-hmm. because I think that is, like, a good 
sample platter when it comes to the food, the culture, and the cannabis? You think we'll it's see. because of the, the maritime laws that people are just like, it's not even worth trying to figure it out? or Yeah, generally. I mean, as well as federal, um, federal prohibition and then... Uh, like you said, going from island to island, they might all have their um, different different laws until somebody comes to, I guess, like a consensus, consensus, you're always going to kind of operate or do what you can. Um, like I said, you can do a, I guess, a stop in Jamaica and a good eight hour stop can include a lot of things mm-hmm. um, as far as like a farm tour or some type of class that you really can still support the local um, because that's the thing I like about cruises as well. It doesn't always have to be a um, a ship. Well, not a ship, but a brand-approved excursion. You can really, you know, help the local economy by booking direct with some vendors and some tour operators for their experiences. Yeah, and you know, I don't know that I don't know that I've ever even thought about that. But that's that's probably a really good idea. You could probably get. I don't want to say necessarily better, but um, because I've never done it, but just thinking about having tourist guides that are showing you the ins and out of their city versus you, there's still tourist guides showing the in and out of your city but these are like branded and like I'm sure they're told to say certain things or told not to include certain things you know to keep up the image of the company and the excursion whereas if mm-hmm. you go maybe to somewhere that's local you going you going to get the tea okay and yes. like the good stuff. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. As long as you plan accordingly, I like to tell people, you know, make sure you're back on the ship in enough time. Mm. And this is just for cruising mainly. When you go and you fly and you kind of stay for seven days, that's a whole other vibe. Right. Same thing, same opportunities, but you're not as um, on a, such a tight time schedule. But yeah, that, this is the thing about cannabis tourism. It, it's niches within niches. Mm-hmm. Um, you can be focused strictly on cruisers. You can be focused strictly on like the sustainability um, type of travel crowd. You can be, you know, focused on even different age groups. It's really a limitless industry right now. Yeah, I love it. And I will say, uh, you do want to make in a cruise. You want to make sure you back on time because I have seen plenty of people running down that dock as the boat is rolling away. Yes, I will say. It's a whole fun. YouTube channel is dedicated to the 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 runners. Yes. <laughs> I don't play. I, I set my clock, my watch to the cruise ship time, not the local time of where you are. Cruise ship time, an hour before I'm supposed to be back at the very least. And I'm still like stalking that clock when mm-hmm. it's, let's make our way back. Let's make our way yep. back. Like I have seen it multiple times. Mm-hmm. And I'm in no shape to run. Look, girl, again, these knees ain't set up that way no more. <laughs> Not a thing anymore. So um, how how old were you, if you don't mind me asking, when, when you started consuming cannabis? And are you like a everyday user? Are you someone who, like, like me, I'm um, mostly smoke to focus and to work and get stuff done? Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, I also smoke just to relax. But like, what's your, what's your, how are you, how cool are you in cannabis? I am, I'm well acquainted, but it's only, I would say only recently. I felt like I had this, the, you know, stereotypical uh, story. I tried it in like high school or college. And then I'll say life started lifing and I had my daughter, most jobs that I, um, applied for and got I had to do a drug test or we you know had random drug tests so really 
weed was kind of out of the question for like many, many years from like, I'll say 20, when I was 20 something, when I had her all the way up until like 2016, I think or so. So it's like a good part of my adult years. It was like, I couldn't do anything, but you know, have a drink. That was the only socially acceptable thing. And I was able to keep my job. But, um, around like 2016, 17, I did the traditional side of travel. Like travel has always been in my blood now that I've kind of, you know, been asked enough time and had time to really think of like, how did I get here? Um, travel has always been in my blood from my maternal grandmothers taking me on road trips and things up and down the East coast, but cannabis hadn't been. So in 20, I think 19, I finally decided to become a patient here in Maryland. Like I started dabbling more in CBD first. Um, it wasn't for anything maybe, but like anxiety. Like I just noticed I was always tired. I was always kind of restless and, you know, it just nothing seemed to help. I don't care how many bedtime uh, routines I tried to get down packed, no matter how many apps I listened to to try to help me sleep. Like I couldn't really, you know, get a good night, a good night's rest. So I started with CBD at first, and then I graduated to uh, to THC pro uh, products. I did, you know, edibles normally. I'm more of a multitasker, and for me taking time to grind flour, roll a blunt, kind of, you know, that takes time. I think that's sort of a ritual and it, and you should, it shouldn't be rushed. Like you shouldn't be able to, you should be able to enjoy your blunt, your joint, whatever. So I'm more of a, like a edibles person. I'll pop a gummy and, you know, with my morning coffee or whatever. And I'm on to go, I can kind of time it. Um, I need for whatever I'm I'm needing in that moment is what I normally you know dose as or what I use. So um, hybrid, I'm okay with sativas. I know some people are like, oh, they give me too many. Um, you know, it heightens my anxiety. But sativas kind of help me focus. They help me to, I guess, melt the worries away. Or you know what I mean? Like if I'm going to worry about something, it's not going to be this three page. <laughs> Um, essay. kind of like itinerary, yeah, essay or something like that. It's going to help me focus on something fun. It helps me create. I'll put it that way. The sativa lady things help me create, and I come up with these not crazy ideas, but fun things to do to introduce cannabis to people and really stay on task. Because, <laughs> yep. like you said, it helps with focus. It helps um, boost energy a little bit. So I'll say I'm a newbie. In, in kind of like cannabis years, I'll say a, a serious consumer probably only the past six, five to six years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but the, I love that, um, one, we, we seem very similar in our consumption intentions. Like I, like you said, I'm also a sativa girl and a hybrid girl because there are some sativas that do, I, I fully understand what people say when they say it makes their anxiety go batshit crazy. Um, tangy is one of those for me. Like I have to be very careful with anything tangy because I actually mm. get the shakes and I'm like, mm, don't like this effect. Um, mm. but otherwise sativas are normally my go-to because I get creative and I get like ideas and I just be sitting there sometimes and be like, Oh my God, I could take over the fucking world right now. <laughs> so that's yes. why I like the sativas. So it's great to hear somebody else loving the sativas for the same reason as me. 
because um, mm-hmm. you know everybody has that. a different reason. <laughs> yeah, um, but that's dope, and I always love new, newer ish. I still, I don't know. I think you know, five to six years is pushing you out of the newer. Um, mm-hmm. I think you're like maybe seasoned, seasoned, yeah. And then like somebody like once you hit like the ten plus years, then you're just a vet. I think that's. I definitely give myself a little credit, but I mean, I don't really do like the, I don't know anything about shatter or like butter or hash or like all these other high, like highly intelligent selling sounding ways of consuming. Um, I did, I have hit a dad before, but I don't own a bong really. Like I'm very basic when it comes to the I liked it. It was dangerous because it was so clean. Yeah, of course I did. I, I died. And, <laughs> like, of course I did. Because you underestimate, like, how much you don't feel like the smoke. And then, but the whole time is nothing but smoke. You're like, oh, shit. And I had to nerve, I had the nerve to do it in Denver where the air is already thin. <laughs> like, after, Dude, like, climbing never... a flight of steps. I was like, oh, my God. I'm going to die. Yes, I was like, there's no oxygen up here. <laughs> like, none. It was bad. You know, but... I've never, I've always wanted to visit Denver just because it's Colorado and that's, you know, where legalization, at least, I believe, first started in terms of the uh, recreational. I think. I mean, it be was wrong. actually Alaska. A Alaska? Lot of people, was a, yes, it was actually, that's a good guess, but it was actually Alaska was the first. U.S. state to legalize cannabis That's, a lot way way earlier than people realize. Look at you I teaching think. me stuff. I, <laughs> I had to learn too. That's why. I, listen, Miss, I, I don't say, know I'm, nothing about nothing over here dropping gems all of a sudden, just coming out of nowhere. <laughs> no, no, I'm full of fun weird facts. Like if you, well, I might be aging myself, but if you ever watched the old eighty show called Cheers. Like Cliff Clavin was this mailman, this conspiracy uh, theory mailman that loved useless facts and that's me i also love random facts <laughs> like just i used to random have a, useless stuff. an app on my phone this was years ago so i don't even know if the app is still around but that would send me a random fact like every day i love that i need to go see if that app is still around and then like you know on snapple bottles when you when the snapple mm-hmm. bottles used to have the i loved those man I'm not going to talk about how Snapple fell off. They went to those plastic bottles and it's been not garbage ever since. That's not a whole other podcast. And I, I get the uh, the economical and actually, I don't think, aren't plastic, plastic's worse for the earth than glass, right? I think so. I don't know if one's process is damaging now, but it's supposed to be better as far as like in the end, the finished product is supposed to deteriorate. Yeah, deteriorate. I don't, I'm not sure, but I know Snapple's product. It ain't garbage. the same. That's all we know. <laughs> it's not. Like I, it's we, no flavor. Yeah. It's, it, I don't know what happened, but it's horrible. But I digress. Yeah. We understand that there were reasonings behind this, but the end result, <laughs> it still ain't the same. It's trash. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I can tell you, uh, I think for me, it was really when they took off the, the facts because I bought Snapple for the tops. <laughs> I wanted the random yeah. facts. The juice Listen, was uh, the bonus. The bonus, yes, <laughs> it was. Now you just messed it up. You ain't giving no reason to even buy a Snapple. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Snapple, we have problems. All right. <laughs> um, well, that's dope. I love hearing your origin story um, with cannabis. And you said you're in Maryland, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Alaska, that that still gets me. Alaska, I would have never guessed that Alaska was first. I did a, a project um, in fifth grade. I think we had to do like a state. We everybody had to pick a state to do a report mm-hmm. on, and I picked Alaska. And so now I just always I've never been, and I actually really never want to go because I don't do well in cold. But I feel like we still have like a bond. And now that I found out they're the first state to to recreationally legalize, no, I might need to go. No, I'm still not no. going. <laughs> Even in the summer. So I had do a friend. They have a summer? Like, I mean. Yeah. They really do. Okay. So I had a friend live there. I forgot her job center out there, but it was almost a year and a half. I think she actually had to do COVID out there as well. Now, don't get me wrong. It does get cold. She's like, but the, like if you're a seafood lover, because she didn't really eat like um, pork or anything. So she was already pescatarian. She was like, I love seafood. She said there's really like no beef there, so it's a lot of bison burgers and things like that. But um, she rarely did those. She was like seafood heaven. Um, summers are, and incidentally, that's when cruise ships tend to sail there too. Carnival has a a yeah, ship I think that'll go to Alaska. My went to Alaska, and I was so confused. I was like, "Why would you do that?" But <laughs> so she loved it. She said it was beautiful. Yeah, she's like it. It's you know, you're not going to see as much wildlife like as, you know, you kind of see in the movies, mm-hmm. except for it's winter, but I'm, I'm giving Alaska a try. I, I am, and don't don't give up on Alaska yet. All right, well, you, you go, and then you <laughs> let me know, and then I'll decide. He's like, you know, baby, I do, Snow and me are not friends. I'm, I'm in I'm my parents' house right you. now in Reno, and I stayed up here with them during the winter earlier this year. I I will not be back when there's snow. <laughs> like y'all yeah, don't I have to see that. me during the spring and the summer parts of the year because <laughs> this winter and fall is ridiculous. I'm in Maryland. Luckily we get a semblance of like all four seasons and I can say we don't get anything too harsh. Like every so often we'll have a blizzard and like I don't know, maybe three feet of snow in one day. Like, it, it was a lot in February, I think, of, like, 2019. But we don't, again, we don't get them often. I don't even, I don't even know if we got down to single digits, at least in the Baltimore area. We do have mountains, and they did see some snow and things like that. But Maryland is the perfect spot. But I still would prefer not to be here from, basically, Labor Day, until Memorial Day. I can be on somebody's beach and be totally fine <laughs> with so that and then come back to Maryland. Right now. <laughs> Memorial Day. Yes. I would say my time in Maryland in my mind is coming to a close. I need to hit some place closer to the equator where I can, you know, be toasty but not uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I'll see you all again in May. <laughs> and it's gorgeous. Yeah. Like that's where I am with the cold weather. But summer hibernation. Whole new definition yeah. of summer hibernation. <laughs> going somewhere where it's warm all the time. I just keep chasing the sun. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely understand that. And it sounds like a dream. Honestly, it sounds like a dream. And I'm so, like I said earlier, so happy to be on a four-day weekend. And uh, your girl is ready for a vacation. And so, because I, I'm ready for a vacation because I just need to, like, I just want to step away from everything. My mental health, uh, my mental health has been good, but it's just been a lot going on. 
Um, but with that said, I always like to check in on my guests and see how your mental health has been and how your week has been. Um, let me see. My mental health has been up and down and not necessarily like down in a, not a bad way, but it's been slowing down. Like I have been on the go. I feel like for the past few months, like as business scale, as different things in life be lifing, as we like to say, life is always lifing. So like, as you kind of like, as I navigate through that, I just really have been mindful to slow down and kind of like take notice of how I'm feeling. So if I'm tired, just rest. Like as a business owner, you know, it's always something to do. It's always something to check, an email to send, a quote to give, a something to post. There's always something, no matter how much you automate it or outsource it. Our brains are always creating something. There's a note to, you know, Mm -hmm. jot down about a idea you have. There's a picture to be drawn, something. So just slowing down. And then when I'm, you know, when I'm not at my best, I do try to be mindful of things. Like I sat out in the sun the other day and I hadn't in a while. It was a really nice day here in Maryland the past few days. And I realized I just hadn't sat outside in a while. It's always, you know, from one job to the office, to the car, to this, to a store. It's never just outside. Mm -hmm. So Lately, my mental health has just been me checking in on myself more and then, you know, feeding whatever needs to be fed at that time. I love that. Um, I think it's something that's very hard to do. (laughs) Very hard to do to be, to one, be aware of what state your mental health is in in any given moment. Mm -hmm. Um, To take the time to say, stop, what am I feeling right now? But then to actually do something about it identifying it is one thing and then doing something about it is a completely other thing and so i congratulate you for giving yourself that grace and um making sure that you make time to put yourself first so that you can be you know the amazing businesswoman that you are so that you're not pouring from an empty cup and so that you can plan these amazing vacations so that everybody else can rest. Yeah. I was, yes. Right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. I love that so much. That's great. And I'm glad to hear that you are doing that because I know I struggle with it a lot. And I know a lot of us struggle with. Oh, yeah. It's not easy Mm-mm. at all. Mm-mm. And even just like identifying it is really sometimes hard for me. I'm like, I know I'm feeling something right now, but what am I actually feeling like? How do I put words? or like even thoughts to what I'm feeling right now. Because you gotta do that before you can, you know, mm-hmm. fix or adjust anything. And so. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I love that you're able to do that for yourself and I hope you continue to do it um, and reap the rewards. It's a work in progress. Yes, yes. <laughs> and speaking of work in progress, I am working on my joint. And I, sadly, it's my last joint right now. Because I know because my I am again at my parents' house and I thought they had a full thing of cones and they had like four. So (laughs) (laughs) so I ordered some more on Amazon and I'm waiting for them to get here. So it's not my last last, but last until the Amazon man get here. Okay. Um so let's talk about what we're smoking. Um 
I am smoking Blue Java from Stizzy. And so I'm in Reno, Nevada. They don't really write Indica Sativa or anything like that on their packaging. They do everything by um, terps. So mm -hmm. the main terps in this are limonene, myrcene, and the one I can never say, karyophyllene. Yes, beta karyophyllene. Look at you. Miss, I don't know what I'm talking about. Just keep coming through. I, I, no, no. I need you to give yourself more credit, okay? No, because I have to stop. I do the same thing. I'm like, all right, we'll say word again. Right. Like, it's one of those ones. I just you're... call it karyophyllene, karyophyllene. Like, yeah. After a while, you just want to make up your own word. Right. The one, the one everybody said can't say, Look, and everybody knows what you're talking I about. I think we should just make it, you know, s simpler and just say carry. Like, yeah, yeah beta carry. Yep, yeah. girl, yeah. I'm smoking that carry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yep. Mm -hmm. Um, and I know limonene is my go-to when I need to focus, when I need energy. Um, I haven't done enough paying attention, if I'm being honest, to understand how my body works with mercy and, and carry. But I saw limonene, it was at the top, and I said, and blue java, I mean, it sounds like blue dream and coffee. And that's one of mm -hmm. my favorite combinations in the morning. So I was like, like I, I don't think we can go wrong there. And obviously it gets me talking. <laughs> so I have, that and then just in case just in case i finish the joint i have a little bit of uh tangy skittles in a pipe um and that one also has carry mercy and limonene just in the reverse order so there's a little bit more carry this is the one uh that has the tangy that i was saying earlier like kind of tangy mm -hmm. by itself makes me a little uh jittery jittery and but the skittles kind of balances that out and so i'm not like too crazy overly anxious so it's a really good hybrid for me yeah oh, i am mine is forbidden skittles okay. and here in maryland we kind of do both like we had we label it um indica or indica leaning sativa and hybrid most things that come out of um the dispensaries now are hybrids. Mm -hmm. um, this is by Nature's Heritage, which is a local grower here, of course. And this one is a little, I can't quite read the profile on this one, but just from the smell of it, it has a lot of, um, it's like a fruity. That's the Skittles part, I guess. But <laughs> it's an indica, it's saying it's an indica leaning um hybrid so i probably won't smoke like much of this because i don't have uh, i want to get stuff done <laughs> so i got shit to do today <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was like so this is uh where i kind of just experiment with stuff normally i save the weekends for my experiment um i think this is my first time having um forbidden skittles but uh, normally I'll have a sativa leaning gummy like on hand to get me through like the work week. And then on the weekends, I try to play around to see what, you know, because every time we get I, it's a different effect every time I get a different pack of gummies because they're normally just hybrids. Um, so like you could get a indica leaning strain and finish that pack and then the next strain be more sativa leaning. So once I got, you know, once I get a product that I like that 
says it's sativa or indica um i try to stick with that and then leave the weekends for kind of like the flower trials as i say yeah i love that the flower trials yeah (laughs) i love trying new strains i'm a huge fan of variety and i'm also a huge fan of intentionality when it comes to my consumption um so gummies are not really i like gummies I'm not a huge fan of edibles, but if I had to choose an edible, it'd be gummies or the chews, fruit chews. Mm. That's what I'm, I'm a chew kind of, <coughs> only because it, it helps me like to be discreet. I can take them on the go. And we actually have some pretty good selections here in Maryland. Um, there's a company recently, I think it's called Betty's Eddie's, and it might be in other markets, but I know we definitely have it here in Maryland. But they've started focusing, I guess, on other terpenes other than CBD and CBG. I mean, THC. So they'll have like a 40 milligram and it'll be 40% THC or 40 milligrams of THC and 10% THCV. Like they are really pulling out the different terpenes to focus that they have some with CBC in it. They have some with... um, I, so many letters. Yes. yes. <laughs> so, um, My mom has, there's one, um, and now I can't think of the, the brand name, but it is a pretty popular brand, but um, it has CBN, and those are her favorites because mm-hmm. she's- To help sleep. To help sleep. And so when I got here, I was like, okay, I couldn't get your gummies because I had to get all my trees because they still have like a limit time that you could buy in a day. It's like, but I'm going to go back mm-hmm. and get you the gummies. She's like, all right, when you go back, get two. I was like, well, damn, okay, you like these, all these work. She said, yes, I found something that works and I'm going to stick with it. So I fully understand, especially with edibles because edibles are so, they pack a punch. (laughs) Um, Uh And I think uh, edible research is always up and down. And so when you find something that you're like, this is not going to kill me, I would absolutely stick with that so that we don't have to really figure out though, you know, trial and error with edibles and trial and error with flour feel like two very different beasts to me. Yeah, I would say they're processed differently. And then I think with like edibles, at least in my experience, you're not getting the, it's not consistent. So like, you know, at least with a flour, you're, you know, you have your, I'll say Prometheus as a strain name or something. Prometheus is grown the same way each time. Now the potency might go back and forth, but it's, you know, Prometheus is Prometheus. With edibles, if you're doing this, if you're making your edible with just whatever oil you extracted, that could be a combination of, you know, any oils that you had on hand. It's always something different from batch to batch. Mm -hmm. So your experience is different. Like, like I said, sometimes a, a batch of edibles will make you sleepy and you're like, oh, those were great. And then you get the next batch and they have a little more sativa leaning, you know, extraction oil or something in there. You're like, what these gave me, you know, yeah, I would say same flavor, same uh, kind of dosage, same company, you know, same milligram of gummy. But what may have changed was the oil that they used in it for, you know, that's why most are described, I guess, as hybrid or they, they don't make the distinction between indica and, and sativa unless that strain was strictly grown as a sativa. It's like this weird thing here in Maryland. <laughs> yeah. You know, 
the more that I learn the plant, the more that I understand that there's so much more to learn. Yes. <laughs> so I, I fully, I fully get it. Uh, but it's it's such a wonderful journey. It's just a wonderful ride trying to figure it all out. So I'm like, hey, let's just smoke it, and get high and say, see what happens. Yes, I'm about to say it has you know helped with anti-inflammatory properties. It's shown to help with energy, like all these other things. I'm like, well, this is if this is the least I, it can do. I'll take it because it has been such a benefit for so many reasons, you know what I mean? From PTSD to rheumatoid arthritis to, you know, anxieties and things and like that. And it's not killing your insides. No, it's not literal poison like alcohol mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and other prescriptions. Mm-hmm. Not that they don't have their places, not alcohol, but I'm just saying, yeah. you know, well, it has I, its place, I, but it's just... I take I love to take a shot here and there, but honestly, I was telling somebody else the other day, I was like, I don't drink alcohol because I like the taste. I drink it for the effect. Like, alcohol is disgusting. Like, almost all of yeah. alcohol. All of all... Almost all of... Almost all alcohol. Almost all alcohol tastes disgusting. <laughs> I was, oh my God, I was like, there's something wrong here. <laughs> so I'm having a glitch. Yeah. Like I, still love, I, I still love my drinks every now and then, but I know I do drink less now as a, as a patient. I'll probably order a mocktail first and then spike it with like an infused drink, mm-hmm. like a, you know, an elixir or something like that. Um, I love doing that. <laughs> and probably a lot cheaper too. Yes, <laughs> I was like mocktails and that. Yeah, yeah. I was about to say I, I really like infusions now. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> well, that's fun. I love that. I love the name of yours, Forbidden Skittles. Again, I'm a I'm a name girly, so that one mm-hmm. sounds like something that would make make me want to try. I do know that I like Skittles, so anything that like has that, I'm like, oh, I'll at least try it. But Forbidden Skittles, I'm like, it's like tempting me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're calling me. Yes. They're calling me. Um, so let's get into our high blessings. Um, okay. Positive affirmations, manifestations is something that's super important to me. And so I try to incorporate that as much as possible in my life now because I've seen how much of an impact it can make. Um, just from doing this show over the last few years, my affirmation and manifestation game has just flourished. And and I love that for me. So I love to share it with my guests as well. So did you want to do your affirmation first or do you want to, me to do mine? Um, I could go first. Okay. So my affirmation, affirmation, good grief, I'm tongue-tied today. Look, it's my okay affirmation. because now it's not just me. <laughs> So I appreciate, okay. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> You're in good company. Yes. yes. My affirmation is that um, the cannabis plant will build generational wealth for black people. I love that. Um, love that. Yes. Oh my gosh. I feel like we need to snap after that. Like, yes, all the, all the agreement. Yes, it will. I, I, you know, it's hard to see it now because the numbers for, you know, cannabis, I mean, black owned businesses is abysmal. It is definitely a struggle and a fight, but this plant is more powerful than, you know, people realize. It's one of the few ways that we have to generate any 
income and you all really generate this economy, period. Well, stimulate the economy. I knew there was a word I wanted for that. <laughs> <laughs> to like stimulate the economy. I mean, we tried it with infrastructure. They tried it with, you know, other textiles and goods, but hemp. And when I say cannabis, I mean the whole plant. So hemp, there's 50,000 uses for, for hemp from gasoline to shoelaces to toothpaste. Like hemp is one of those textiles that will be a game changer and black people need to know how to farm it, how to use it to their advantage to really be a, um, you know, to, to be a, a bargaining chip and an asset, the land, everything. Um, what else? I love that. I think, yeah, I, was, I think ahead. that's a great point. Cause, um, as a pot cast, um, hemp is something that I would love to talk to somebody about because like you said, this plant is not just cannabis. It's not just THC or CBD mm -hmm. or all of those things. There's so many other things that this plant gives us. And, mm -hmm. um, and don't get me wrong that the THC is probably my favorite. Yeah. I'm not going to feel bad about it. Yeah. I'm not going to feel bad about it. Not complaining at all, but there are so many other things that this plant gives us that if we dive into you, like you said, as a, as a community, the black community, it will lead to generational wealth. Mm -hmm. I've even had yep. like high random high thoughts about cannabis being a form of reparations and how mm -hmm. that could really give us the footing that we're looking for. But, mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of layers to unpack there, but I, I say, America is still going to America. America is still going to America. <laughs> You're absolutely right about that. <laughs> but the point is that this plant could be, um, if we put the, the love and the effort and the work into this plant, this plant will give us so many benefits. Beyond. It used to grow wild. Yeah. yeah beyond so, so just him, getting high. And and again, don't have a problem with just getting high. I'm just saying. It could I'm about to say, we, that wasn't even the medicinal benefits that I mentioned. That was more like materials mm -hmm. and textiles mm -hmm. and kind of ways we can use it without even consuming it, actually. I mean, you know, not consuming it in the, the like, get high fashion. Mm -hmm. Like, there's concrete. You can make sustainable concrete out of hemp. Um, people are doing it now. You can make, you know, gasoline. You can make paper. You can make... Like, hemp used to grow wild and plentiful for, like, thousands of years. And, you know, everything, we used to feed it to our animals. The endocannabinoid system responds wonderfully to hemp, cannabis, THC, all the terpenes you can name. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a way for us. We just have to know how. We just have to know that there's a, a way into the industry and what it looks like for black people to actually survive and thrive in this industry because it's also not easy. Mm -mm. But it, but it is possible, and I think that's the, yeah. that's the part that we always have to remember is that, especially with us behind the wheel, with us driving the bus, anything mm -hmm. is possible. Absolutely. What's your affirmation? My affirmation is kind of just goes with what I just said. Actually, um, my dreams are big because my wins will be huge, and mm -hmm. I. 
particularly the project that I'm working on, I'm looking to buy a building. I don't know that I've said that on the podcast, but let me throw that out there and put it in the universe. I'm looking to buy a pretty significant size building <clears throat> and it's going to be uh, pretty expensive. Um, and everyone keeps telling me like, oh, why don't you start smaller and like see if it works? And I'm like, no. Like, I know what the vision is, and I know it's big and, and a little crazy and a little delusional, but mm-hmm. I'm going to do this. And yeah, even if... Worth if it ain't scaring you. Right. And even if it doesn't turn out exactly how I'm envisioning it in my head, and honestly, it probably won't, because nothing ever turns out how you envision it in your head. No, um, you got to... But you got to do it first. Right. <laughs> That's the main it's, thing. I, I fully it. know that whatever the end result is is going to be amazing it's going to be huge it's going to be impactful and and it's going to be mine and that is what keeps the dream big and keeps the dream going and so mm-hmm. i just keep telling myself and i and don't get me wrong because i fully understand that what people are saying comes from a place of concern for you know you don't that nobody wants they don't want you to fail or set yourself up mm-hmm. for failure so i don't mm-hmm. fault them for the what is basically doubt, but, um, and I actually appreciate it because you want people around you who are not just going to be yes men, but at the same time, I know what I'm destined for. And I know it is not going to be small. It is going to be huge and amazing. And so I got to dream big because how else are you going to make something huge and amazing (laughs) unless you dream big, right? Right. So that is my affirmation. My dreams are big because my wins will be huge. Yes. yes. I love that. I feel so good. Um, and, and you know, and my dreams are in cannabis. So I really love how your, your affirmation that cannabis is going to be the way that we build generational wealth, which generational wealth is a huge, huge, huge thing. I don't, I don't know that some people understand how impactful generational wealth is and what that means and so i I feel like i feel like these high affirmations are just like playing off of each other and it makes me feel really good and makes me feel like they're just meant to be so for that i gotta take a hit (laughs) and i feel like oh yeah take one yep i was like do it do it but for me it's like generational wealth i think people kind of get it not confused but maybe balk at the idea of involving i guess your children or younger generations in the cannabis industry and again it's not that i'm not talking of the you know let's smoke get high and party type of generation like i don't expect you know families to go out and own dispensaries and let's be honest that's a high risk part anyway anytime you you know you actually touch the cannabis plant you're already um, you know, putting a lot at risk financially, security-wise. Um, without these federal protections, it's sort of like a, not a wild, wild west, but like a wild, wild west mm-hmm. out there as far as legislation that protects, um, you know, cannabis businesses that touch the plant or grow the plant or have any direct contact with the plant. It's, it's so high risk. So <clears throat> I'm just encouraging, you know, older generations to introduce younger generations to the plant by, um, you know, just through botany, um, through terpene classes. Um, <clears throat> the study of plants in general will tie, will automatically 
tie in and be a huge benefit when it comes to them you know when they're old enough to understand the plant and touch the plant they're already you know leaps and bounds ahead of people just by the science you know just about the science of the plant um how to grow it the climates that you know it excels in or might struggle with certain mites you know horticulture you can introduce this plant or plant medicine in general to children on so many different levels and not you know have them feel isolated like it's a dirty secret that the family has a you know a cannabis business right and like you said going off what you said before the the hemp there's so many businesses that you can involve your children in with hemp that aren't necessarily plant touchy and when you're talking I, hemp doesn't necessarily get the same criticism or the same side looks as when you say cannabis and you're talking about your kids i feel like people or at least from what i've seen i feel like people are more equipped to understand that hemp is a textile like you said whereas mm -hmm. cannabis is only ever seen as the thing that gets you high um, <laughs> um right and so if you bring your kids on, you know, I know somebody who started a hemp clothing line. I know somebody who um, sells hemp luggage. Like those are businesses that you can build generational wealth. You can get your kids in on, you know, teach them what you're doing. And now they have a business when they grow up and it's in this industry, but not touching the cannabis side of the plant. So there's mm -hmm. so many options. There's so many ways to do it. But I fully agree that cannabis and this plan is the way that we um, take over the world. I, I, I love saying that. I just, my dream is to take over <laughs> take the over world. world. Um, like <laughs> Peaky in the brain style. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm mm -hmm. literally always plotting. What are we doing plot, tonight? <laughs> yeah, the plot always includes cannabis. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. That's a must. Yes. That is absolutely must. So that feels, I, I, uh, Sorry, I'm ashing my join is not burning correctly. Um, high blessings are probably one of my favorite parts of the show. I say that about a lot of different parts, but seriously, I always feel so enthused and like uplifted after we do our high blessings. Um, so mm -hmm. it's always the perfect time to get into the blunt talk. And today's blunt talk, if y'all haven't already figured it out, is about traveling tips and tricks for a bluntly black girl. Um, I'm gonna take another hit before we get into this and a sip of my water because I got a little bit of cotton mouth. <laughs> Good old blunts. Yeah. Yeah. Travel tips and tricks for a bluntly black girl. I yeah. have a few. I have a few. <laughs> and see, I knew it. I like travel has been on my list for a, a list of topics for a while so i just want my listeners to know that like when i ask for topics i hear you it may not come out right away <laughs> because i gotta i i want to bring the right person to talk about that thing but i hear you and travel is one of the things on the list and i found her i found the lady <laughs> and so let's do this um uh, so summer is pretty much over i i uh, say summer is over at the end of August because August is my birthday month, aka the best month of the year. Just saying. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> July. I'm sorry. Like yeah. July. <laughs> um, almost. Huh? I was saying almost. Almost. What? So what's what's yeah. the best month? 
July. Okay. Like, are yeah. you early July, late July? The twenty first. Oh, you're <laughs> so, right there. You're still that's still yeah. Cancer though, right? Yeah, like yeah, Cancer yeah. Leo. Yeah, mm-hmm. Cancer Leo. You're right there on the edge. I am a true to heart Leo, if you couldn't tell. <laughs> just by the last declaration that August is the best month because of me. Um, but anyways, I had an amazing summer. Um, I did do some traveling, but it was mostly local. Um, but I was like, you know, do I do this now? Do we do this now? Is this a good time? And I'm like, yo, you can literally fucking travel at any time of the year. So it doesn't have to be summertime to get on a plane and do something yeah, or get on a boat or, you know, like you said, take a road trip or whatever. And me personally, I am manifesting many things. Like I said, uh, my dreams are big. But one of those big dreams is a, like, regular jet-setting vacation lifestyle in my near <laughs> future, right? So, yes. of course, I know that I wanted to talk to a travel agent. And then I found one that was a cannabis travel agent. And I was like, yes! Like she gets me. me. (laughs) Yes. So listen, you Um, are correct. (laughs) Go ahead. Yeah. So first, actually, I want to ask you um, a little bit more about your business, um, how you got started, how you got into um, being a travel agent. And honestly, what a travel, you are a travel agent. I want to make sure I'm not misclassifying you, right? Okay. Yes. (laughs) Yes. You ever make sure we have the right titles on this Mm -hmm. lady's name. Um, (laughs) What is the importance of travel? So I know I asked you a lot of questions there. I'm sorry. Give me, let me, it's the week. (laughs) We're going to go back first. Mm -hmm. Let's talk a little bit about your business and what got you into traveling. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So a little bit about me. Um, Like I mentioned earlier, I think the travel part has always been there. It's just been kind of dormant because life be lifing. And um, I grew up, in Baltimore, Maryland, and both of my grand, both of my grandmothers on my maternal and paternal side were travelers. Now, for me, that didn't necessarily mean they, you know, jet set it and caught, you know, all the latest flights and stay flewed out, as we said <laughs> about five, six years ago. Mm-hmm. But they, mm-hmm. you know, love going up and down the East Coast. The good thing about being here in Maryland is all the states are kind of close. We're like three hours away from New York three hours away from South Carolina, an hour and a half from Philly, like an hour from D.C. We have so many different options here on the East Coast that, you know, you can pretty much visit even in the upper uh, northeast northeast region of like Rhode Island and Vermont. You can visit like six states in a day. So it's pretty, you know, like clustered here on the East Coast. So that was a lot of my travel, just road trips, amusement park trips um as we got older we went from like dutch wonderland which is a kids amusement park here in um pennsylvania on the east coast to like hershey park and then that turned into like adult trips to atlantic city which is like the east coast vegas um and eventually she my grandmother did do annual trips to vegas like ever since 1997 i think up until um, she passed in 2020, so the last year was 2019, so for like 20 years, she would go to Vegas every year. Um, that was her, her time away, whether she gambled, she woke up late and watched the um, stories, as she called them, yes. <laughs> on uh, TV. 
Young um, and the Restless. That was, that was my. That's, yes. I love, love some Young and the Restless. Right. <laughs> she would do Price is Right, the news, Young and the Restless, and all the Bold and the Beautiful, all the shows yeah. afterwards. And that was like, that's how she relaxed. Um, so travel was always there. In 2017, I was on the traditional side of travel, you know, just doing your usual resorts or Caribbean trips, cruises, friends and family, things like that. And then in um, 2018, someone, Alia began with a, a Facebook message. I had met a um, young lady that in another travel group and we were talking about, I guess, travel and what we wanted to do. She was in Minnesota and I didn't know any black people that really lived in Minnesota. Like what? I would but, not think that that's like somewhere <laughs> the black people in Wyoming. Yes. That's so it was <laughs> a thing. It's a thing. And, um, you know, we just connect. I think I saw like a food channel <laughs> or travel channel type of like commercial about the, or episode about the Minnesota state <laughs> fair. And then we were talking about it. And so her and I had became like Facebook friends or whatever. And then one day she, like, after she found out I was into travel, she was like, have you ever considered 420 travel? And I'm like, no, I haven't. I, like, and you know, when you, when you enter the travel industry, it's, it's kind of hard to get something or come up with something that lets you stand apart. I guess that's with any brand. You, you want to know what your niche market is, whether you're selling a product or service, whether it's, you know, a podcast, a car dealership or whatever, you have to know what you're selling this product or service to. So, I was looking for something new, something, I guess, largely not really untapped, but just looking for something new. So I got into, I started researching, found out there was not a lot of companies actually that offered the services that I could offer. And it just kind of developed from there. So were you smoking before you started the cannabis travel? Was this like already like cannabis was, was already a part of your life, and then you're like, "Hey, we can incorporate these two things," or did you? It was like I dabbled, I dabbled a little because I was still at my former employer that did like random drug tests, mm -hmm. so I was more panicked. Like it was, it the juice wasn't the juice wasn't worth the squeeze mm -hmm. at that time. Like me losing my position wasn't worth the random you know, joint or blunt I would have occasionally. Right. So I kind of stopped for a while. And then I was doing strictly, even when I started the travel business, I was not a patient. I was not a consumer. But as I been, as I started, I guess, getting more serious about the business and I st my attention started being taken away and, you know, I'm having to focus on all these things, I'm finding myself needing <laughs> cannabis more. You know, mm -hmm. I started out with like CBD and as I tried to the long nights of, you know, coming home from a nine to five and then working another five or six hours in your business and you look up and it's, you know, 12 o'clock and the alarm clock goes off at four mm -hmm. instead of coffee, I had to start, you know, I started using more CBD products. And so I, I gradually became more into cannabis as I started scaling, scaling the business. Honestly, as I started um, realizing how many markets or States, or vibes there were that I can experience through cannabis, I started using it more. Like, you know, visiting, some places just sell themselves. So Las Vegas is exciting without, with or without cannabis. New York, um, Jamaica, like these places are, you know, their own kind of thing without cannabis, but with cannabis is like even better. So the more I traveled, the more I just said, forget it, and became a full-out uh, 
a full-out bluntly black girl. Yes. 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 (laughs) Which, you know, it, I really do have some type of like survivor's remorse sometimes because everybody can't be as open about their use as, you know, I can. And I do acknowledge that, you know, whether it's a child, child protective service case or whether it's an employer or your church family or, you know, your real family judging you. I understand that it's not a space for everybody to celebrate. Right. Openly. Right. And that... (coughs) (coughs) My goodness. (laughs) That is... I fully understand it and I fully respect it. I know I've reached out to a few people um, who have told me, no, they can't come on because of their job or because, you Mm -hmm. know, they can't. And um, I've had one person who has agreed to be anonymous. And that way Mm -hmm. they can still be protected and um, we can still do, but they still want to, you know, have the conversation. So Mm -hmm. I fully recognize that we are speaking from a place of privilege in that, in that manner. Um, But I also say that that's the reason why our types of businesses are so important because there shouldn't be that stigma. You shouldn't have to, you know, worry about CPS being called on your kids because mm. you need to bring down your anxiety because they're running around crazy. Like, yes. <laughs> I was saying, I'm yes. trying to be a good parent and, you know, no be one able to... No eye if I had a glass of wine or some right. type of other, like, it, that's normal. Having right. happy hour is normal, but if we all got together and smoked the joint, it's a bad thing. So. It's, a, it's a horrible, call the cops. Call the cops right now. Um, so I fully, um, I empathize and, uh, all sympathize with all of those people who are not able to be open, open and honest about their consumption, but just know that we are doing this work so that one day, hopefully you can be your bluntly black girl self. And, you know, I would love to like have a, a, a day where we could all just go to the rooftops and scream I smoke weed, and that doesn't make me a bad person. Like, collectively. Yeah, just put it out there in the universe. Yes, 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 exactly. Um, so, love, love, again, love an origin story. Love to hear how Front Row Travels was born. Now, um, you, you, can you tell us why travel? Okay, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm losing track of my thoughts here. Um, what, why do we need a travel agent? That is what, those, those, four, those small little words are really getting me today. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're going to get into your top five travel tips and tricks. Um, but first, why should why? we try have tra- why should we have a travel agent cuz i'll be honest <laughs> i've never had one um but i have been on a cruise that was uh organized quote unquote organized by a travel agent in our group so i didn't have to mm-hmm. do anything um and that was really 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 nice <laughs> it was really kind and, of and amazing that's basically what it boils down to um I don't want to say like travel agents are sort of like soft life, but it is. It's like, it's, 
you you know how we say we want the soft life now. We kind of want to be taken care of. Like hi, hire that maid, sis. Yeah. Outsource the laundry. Do all like do all the other stuff. Let me tell you something. The back end of travel work is the unfun, unsexy part. Chasing people down for payments. Take like even moving the whole trip out of the group chat is like a Herculean task sometime. And we don't always have time. We don't have time to micromanage folks. We don't have time to, you know, hear folks' excuses as to why they need extension on the deposit. We we know life be like Can I also say not only do we not have time, I don't have the patience. Yes. Nor the, the <laughs> mental capacity to deal with all this. It's <laughs> a lot. So yeah. can you absolutely DIY your own travel? Absolutely. That's what the internet is for. That is what all this technology for this is what social media is for you can absolutely do it but my question is why why do why does anyone want to voluntarily do the unfun stuff which i for me it's fun i like i like you know planning things i like helping people make memories i also like being um an advocate i'm an advocate i always jokingly say for cannabis, you're an advocate whether you like it or not. Like, there's no way you can, you know, be a part of this industry and not be a champion of the medicinal benefits of decriminalizing it, of doing all the other, you know, things that are needed to free this plant. But also, I'm an advocate for my clients when it comes to travel. Like, we've seen tons of delays, like flight delays, flight cancellations, strikes, um whether we all the things that can happen when you travel has been happening lately and why not have that extra cushion or that extra peace of mind not only um with the cannabis laws that you know because you are traveling i only do 420 friendly focused travel like i don't i don't do disney i don't do uh kids you know kids travel i don't i only do one type of travel so having that extra peace of mind is something I offer that, you know, the cannabis laws are acknowledged, um, that you have an advocate should you get stuck, you know, in the middle of a hurricane or something like that and your flight's grounded for three days. Like having, you know, because you have to think you and thousands of other, you know, flight, I'm not flight attendants, but uh, occupants are all, you know, jockeying for the same airfare, the same ticket out of this city that's being, you know... <laughs> that's under some type of weather advisory, but travel advisors are advocates. We kind of know um, real-time information, I would say, um, as far as what's happening at a lot of these destinations. Um, do we know everything? No, I will say cannabis and travel is probably one of the most vast subjects that you can know about, but um, with so many options i know front row travels we love domestic um you know travel there's 33 states that have either a medicinal or recreational program for you to and visit to visit and enjoy um somehow there's i can name about six or seven countries that are uh, cannabis friendly so we really have um a lot of options out there and is can you can you diy your own travel experience absolutely but why should you? Mm -hmm. And um, honestly, I think the only reason why you should DIY is if you don't have the funds, which is fully understandable. Mm -hmm. But if you have the funds, baby, spend them. 
Because just like she said, just the same thing. If you have the funds for a maid, get them. If you have the funds to have somebody come and fold your laundry, do it. Like, And I, the thing is, it's not, I would say it's not as expensive as people would assume. Because I, I will put this in, um, in perception. No one works for free. So even if you go on Expedia and you book that same experience, you book your hotel, Expedia is still a third party from that hotel that you're booking. Or you can, you know, you you can book directly with the hotel as well. But when you DIY, you're still doing, someone's still getting paid for putting you in contact with those vendors, those suppliers. So it's not as much, you know what I mean? Like you, you're actually kind of saving yourself money because you have an expert you're supposed to have an expert. I will say like I was. I'll say that you're supposed to have an expert that can help you. You know, decipher what is the best flight because just because a flight is cheap doesn't mean it's the most ideal one. Especially if you have like a twelve-hour layover mm-hmm. and it's only like a two-hour flight. Like pricing sometimes does not always equate to experience. So that's true. I, even, I don't even know yeah. that. Um, I thought of it from that point is like you are still paying. Expedia fees, whatever you do, so why not pay that to have somebody do the whole experience? Yes, because Expedia very likely, if you have to rebook like your flight or something, Expedia is not going to hold on the line. Like you're going to have to do that, right. holding on and rebooking and things like that. With their travel advisor, they're supposed to be that advocate for you so that you can remain poolside enjoying your drink <laughs> while they handle the back end stuff. Right. And see, um, and I think that's the part, like you said, that maybe people don't realize, I know I did it, is that it's not just the booking the flights or booking the trips and, and you know, finding somewhere to go. Like, there are other back-end stuff that travel agents do that, to be frank, I just don't want to do, especially on vacation. <laughs> yeah. Especially. I'll say that's the last place you want to do it. <laughs> yes. Um, so... Is there a backstory to the name of of your travel agency here, uh, Front Row Travels? I wanted to say yes, but it's not. <laughs> um, <laughs> the only backstory I have, and it's part of what I teach now without Lunch and Learns, is that when you're entering this cannabis industry, even if you're an ancillary business like myself, you don't want to go out and have blatantly cannabis friendly names if that makes sense Mm -hmm. so like i wouldn't necessarily i would have had a lot of um opposition if i was called like weedhead travels or like 420 like anytime you put something blatantly um cannabis oriented in your title or your your brand name you face a lot of pushback from even getting websites um approved from social media posts from Mm. Certain business licensing, like you don't want to automatically go out, um, you know, blazing. I, you know, I can't, I can't resist a good pun. But um, <laughs> so, Purple Travels was just more of the more focus on the experience and not necessarily the cannabis part because it actually didn't start as cannabis. I had actually started the name maybe a month before. Um, I started the name and then. I think the young lady from Minnesota, well, actually, she's from Georgia. She moved to Minnesota. I'm not going to do that. She was like, I'm not from Minnesota. <laughs> but um, she um, she asked me about it, and then it was always front row travels. I just decided um, to kind of make it more bland, 
so that it can kind of fly under the radar and get its necessary because a lot of people tell you start on the traditional side of whatever you're doing and then slowly transition to cannabis. <coughs> if you want to like, you know, really banking, <laughs> um, all all the things that you need to have a, a regular traditional business, you kind of want to keep it, you know, vanilla, as I say, even though vanilla is dark. You want to keep it bland. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I I fully agree. Uh, this building that I'm purchasing, um, I do hope to have cannabis events there one day. But as it's being set up now, it, there's no mention of cannabis anywhere because mm -hmm. it would limitly, limit me, if not outright bar me, from some of the moves yes. that I'm trying to make. So I definitely... Yes. Um, Again, unfortunately, there is still the stigma and no, you know, the, the goal is so that we don't have to do these things, but at this time we do. So I do think that that's a really good, right. I do think that's a great business tip that you just gave for anybody who's thinking about getting into the cannabis industry, um, especially as an ancillary business. I think when you're more dealing with the plant, it's a, it may be a little mm -hmm. bit different just because you're dealing specifically with the plant. So you're already mm -hmm. going to have to fight that stigma. <laughs> like what, what do you have to lose? <laughs> right. But, yeah. Right. Um, but especially as an ancillary business where you can still be profitable without, like you said, screaming it from the mountaintops. Um, mm -hmm. So any future entrepreneurs or current entrepreneurs out there. Um, thank you for that gem. We, we, <laughs> yes. we just dropped gems on you. And she's going to drop some more because I asked her to come up with the top five um, traveling tips and tricks that she would share as a travel agent. Um, like I said, I have only done really more local travel, like within Bay Area in California, uh, Bay Area mm -hmm. in LA, I can't even say all of California. Um, but I want to, you know, travel more. So I'm an ex inexperienced now, but I want to get mm -hmm. to be seasoned, a seasoned vet at this travel game. Um, and so uh, let's get into that list so I can learn some things and maybe the listeners, whether they're inexperienced or they're seasoned vets already, maybe you're going to drop some new knowledge on them. I'm going to try. I'm going to try. So th these are tips that, for me, it doesn't matter when you travel, summertime, wintertime. It doesn't matter if you are a consumer or not. These are just things, for me, that basic traveling um, tips that I have. So research your destination, um, especially if you are a consumer. Consumption and possession laws can vary from, like, state to state and city to city. So just knowing, um, you're, you know, even if it's a road trip and you're, you're traveling, I'll say from one cannabis friendly state to another, kind of research the states that you are traveling in as well, because not all states are created equally. Um, I know here in the U.S., Utah has a zero tolerance for even CBD or hemp products outside of um, Indian country. So they are very strict um, I'm sorry, is it Utah or Idaho? I think it's Idaho. Are very, um, you know, strict. And I'm, it might be both. I'm getting off track, but I'm thinking because 
it is it possible that it's possible that it's both but either way this is what i mean when i say you know not all states are created equally even here in the u.s so just you know be mindful of where you can consume um how much you can possess where you can purchase um and this is if you do diy or if you use a travel um you know, travel agents. Always best to just kind of double up for your own peace of mind or to double check for your own peace of mind. Um, tip number two is... Oh, so one second before uh, you go to number two. Uh -huh. So something you just made me think of, like I'm telling you, you're dropping gems. Um, you're doing a road trip, right? And you're... Uh -huh. I'm not great with geography, so I may be getting this wrong. Don't quote me on these listing of where these states are. Um... <laughs> So you're doing a road trip from Washington, which is definitely cannabis friendly, cannabis -friendly. and you're going uh -huh. to Texas. You know, it would definitely be good to know information about Utah. If you got to drive through Utah, you do not want to get pulled over mm -hmm. and be like, oh, I was driving yes. to somewhere else, though. <laughs> like, yes. I don't think they're going to really care. No, I, and I know there are some states that are kind of like states that are cannabis friendly are bordered by states that are not. And it's not unheard of for, I guess, like state troopers to kind of patrol around the borders to catch people that are going from state to state, whether it's from the, you know, cannabis friendly one to the not to vice versa. Like Missouri, for instance, they're surrounded by um, like Kansas and Nebraska and Iowa and they, you know, the western borders are probably seeing a lot more traffic from outer states than the eastern border. The eastern border kind of is on Illinois, who is also cannabis friendly. So that, you know, that's not, you have Chicago and Detroit, or not Detroit, I'm sorry, um, Kansas City or, you know, like someplace like that. You have Illinois that has um, more friendly states than the other side of the state, which is probably going to have a high traffic of outer staters, you know, going back and forth. But just knowing your route and making sure that you, you know, you might have to lessen the possession that you, the amount that you're carrying. You might have to be conscious if you're, I think in New York, anywhere um, you can consume cigarettes, you could consume cannabis, but say in like Massachusetts, that's not true if you're near a school or a, uh, um, you know, a playground or something like that. You just have to be conscious of where you're going during your entire journey. Right. And I think uh, conscious and respectful because in like Definitely. not even, you know, let's talk about outside of the U.S. now. And I know this is not cannabis, but um, Bali, you're not allowed to have sex if you're not married. Like you will go. They oh, will, yeah. They there will, is a lot Mm -hmm. yeah, you will go to jail. They will arrest you. And yeah. um, again, I know it's not cannabis, but like knowing those you still things. You have to be culturally aware. Yeah, yeah even that's part things. of your research. That goes under research your destination, even down from, you know, how, um, as for me personally, as a travel advisor, I do give my guests like, you know, a booklet or a guide that kind of have all these things to be mindful of before they travel but as a DIY traveler you might not have those type of you know reminders that hey how you dress or how you know going into certain um mosque or you know religious spaces 
or even gestures are seen as offensive in some countries. So you have to just be mindful, right. um, not only cannabis um, laws, but also just cultural differences and things like that. Because I think I heard a story about somebody getting arrested in Dubai for yelling, yelling mm -hmm. at like a waiter or something and yes. they arrested her. And of course, we always know the story of Brittany Griner and her mm -hmm. arrest. And don't get me wrong when I say, when I bring that up because I fully believe that was a political move and had nothing to do with her being respectful of the culture. However, Absolutely. that's yes. what they used to, yes. to make an example. To make an example out of her. And so what I'm saying is don't even give them the opportunity. Know where you're going yeah, and know, know what you're doing and move accordingly. And and I would just really reiterate researching because a lot of places I think are trending and trendy. So we tend to think that every, you know, little nuances is nuances are forgot, forgotten. Um, for instance, in Dubai, they've gotten a little more lenient with their cannabis laws as far as it as far as tourists. But um, a gentleman was detained for having it in his system. Like he didn't even have any of the physical plant. He had came from, I believe, Arizona. He came from the U.S. He's a patient here, and somehow he had to have an emergency appendectomy or something <laughs> like some type of emergency emergency surgery. And when they did the, um, you know, urinalysis, he had cannabis in his system, which, you know, it stays in. You can smoke or whatever on Thursday. It's still in your system on Saturday. And they, you know, arrested him. So it's not even so much as carrying or actually having it. Sometimes being in your system could be a, um, a, a cause for concern as well. So <laughs> there's way too many destinations out here that are cannabis friendly to worry about, you know, to, to try it with those that I know everybody wants to go to Dubai, but it's not exactly on my list of visiting right now. That's what I've been hearing from a lot of people who travel um, is that because, you know, like you said, everybody wants to go to Dubai right now. It's the hot place to go. But a lot of people who I see travel regularly, uh, mm -hmm. whether for pleasure or business, they're like, it's really not the move y'all think it is right now. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. it, it's really not. Um, for, you know, a plethora of different reasons that I've seen. For me, I just can't see myself going to Dubai, just the heat. The heat. <laughs> I just, I'm not going to do an well. Like, like, I don't like extreme cold. I don't like extreme hot. I like somewhere in between. Yeah. So, I would love, like, actually, Egypt is my dream destination. But every time I talk about Egypt, people are like, no, nah, don't go there right now. This is not a good time. Not a great time. I don't know if that is. I would is say political climates is yeah. something else you got to consider. Like, yeah, it's a lot to go into traveling. It's a lot to go into. Especially international travel. Yeah, I would say international. Um, so what's, the... your, what's your second tip? Second one? Um, my second one is protect your investment. Um, buy travel insurance. Like I'm by no means a travel, I'm not an insurance agent. I don't get any commission. I don't get any, I don't even have, well, we do have recommendations on our page or whatever, but 
I don't have a dog in a race when I tell people to get the travel insurance because there have been way too many close calls and cases where it's one of those things is better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. Um, no one plans to get into accidents, but we do, you know, innocent things like ATV and zip lining and things like that. And those are, you know, those aren't things we do every day. So we go out here and we might sprain an ankle or crash or, you My know. brother broke his shoulder uh, yeah. in Mexico on an ATV. Yeah, it happens way more than people, you know, really give credit for. Or even just simply getting um, a crazy story. I, like my first year or two of traveling, I think I got back into the travel game after, like I had my daughter and kind of took a break for years because, you know, work and everything. When I started traveling again, it was cruises. Like I always loved cruises. I love being near the water. And the first probably three or four cruises, I never got the travel insurance. Like it was only like $50, but I just, just being young and naive, I, got, I didn't get it. And then one year, the first year I got it, I think my husband and I, it was our first cruise. And you know how, like, your sandals come with that zip tie to hold them together um, instead of, like, in a box or whatever? Mm -hmm. He took, he tried to break it apart, but he, like, he lit it with, like, cigarettes to melt it, and he pulled it apart while a piece of the plastic flew in his eye. And at first we tried to, like, you know, wash it, wash it, wash it, but he was like, it's really bothering him. So we actually had to go down to the infirmary on the cruise ship they kind of like lightly scraped his cornea, gave him these saline drops, put an eye patch on, the whole shebang. It's like $500. Well, they don't take health insurance on the cruise ship because it's, you know, you're sailing to different parts of the world. It's maritime. It's no really, they take, they take straight cash. <laughs> not like, do not pass go. Do not collect $200, nothing. They want, they'll put it on your sale and sign card, but you got to pay that $500 before you get off that ship. So luckily I had got the travel insurance that one year and I have not, not gotten it since. Though I had to come up with like the 500 then, I was able to get reimbursed because, you know, we had travel insurance. And that's something that you can get. It does. It, you could get a policy for that particular trip. You could get it through your credit card. You could get it through your homeowner's insurance. There's many ways that you could get travel insurance that... I just want you to get it, to protect your investment. You can't control weather. You can't control um, the political climate. If, so, you know, something, a sanitation worker strikes and your hotel is, you know, surrounded by trash and you can't get there or they're protesting out of, outside and you can't get to your hotel. Like these inconveniences or rebooking a flight would be something, lost luggage would be something that could be, covered under your um, travel insurance. And lastly, I, I know no one really likes to think about it, but just repatriating your body. So say you or a loved one die outside the country, you have to pay to get their body from where you are back home. That could be costly. Um, you know, just having simple little protections to have you to give you more peace of mind is something i always recommend whether you are international domestic a consumer or not yeah honestly i thought travel insurance only covered like if weather stopped planes from flying so you couldn't make it or something i didn't know it covered all of these other things 
Yep, it's a it's a good cushion to have. Um, now, of course, if you are, you know, if you're in Florida and you get injured, your health insurance is okay here because you're were, you know, you're inside the United States, or it happens in Puerto Rico or something like that. But once you leave um, the U.S., you're kind of at the mercy of, you know, I'm not saying your policy policy doesn't have international coverage, but a lot of people, you know, it may not, it may only cover a certain amount or only, it may only cover certain incidences. So just having that extra protection, whether it be your baggage claim, because, you know, we've seen the pictures of thousands of bags being, you know, in one city held up and the, you know, passengers are in another city. Mm-hmm. So just the inconveniences of maybe having to buy a new wardrobe or replace some equipment that you needed for a job, um, Travel insurance really does um, cover a lot more than, um, you know, just, I guess, what might be front of mind. Yeah. Yeah, because I definitely didn't think it would cover. I thought it was literally, like, if some weather event or some, like, world event like COVID um, happens, you know, then that's what it covers. But that's it. And so that definitely Mm -hmm. gives me a new frame of mind to think about when I'm, when I'm, when they always ask you before you're, you book whatever, do you want travel insurance? Mm-hmm. Definitely gives me a new frame of mind when I get ready to either check or ignore that box, which most of the time yeah. I ignore. But I think my, I think I may start <laughs> checking it. Yeah, listen, I did it too. Even we were in Chicago like in 2021, 20, I think, right after the pandemic, we were in Chicago. But it was the summertime, so thunderstorms rolled through like crazy and rolled through all the time. So I actually got stuck in Chicago for an extra two days because our flights kept getting delayed because of weather. I didn't have travel insurance then. Like even a simple weekend trip to Chicago, I didn't have it, but I would have been I would have been reimbursed for the two, you know, two hotel nights, the meals, the uh ride back and forth. I would have been reimbursed 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 had I had travel insurance. So even short domestic flights I would say just give it a, a consider if it, you know, always check. And, and normally it's not, it's less than the cost of the actual trip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I like that one. What is number three? Um, number three is just use social media to your advantage. Um, a lot of resorts and things, again, if you're a DIY, DIYer and you've picked a certain resort that you, you know, you saw on um, online or TikTok, you're like, well, you know, what is it really like? Go to their page. Like a lot of, um, resorts and hotels and even tourism boards have actual like Facebook pages now and Twitter pages and kind of get real time feedback of what's going on. Like, you know, if you DIY, you're, you're not familiar that the hotel is going under construction on this, you know, on the West side of the property or something, and it didn't say that, you know what I mean? It doesn't say that on kayak. It just tells you that the property is available. If you want to kind of, you know, look to see what more real-time um, activities are going on, like, hey, the beach party isn't, you know, as fun as they portray on TV or whatever. Like, it gives just some more feedback of um, what you're getting yourself into, even closer up to your date. Like, I know I have favorite hotels and everything, but sometimes, you know, I'll book it a ways out. And what happened, I'll say, three months ago isn't really, you know, that's, that problem has been settled then. So reviews sometimes can, you know, be a little skewed. Like, oh, you stayed there three months ago. Well, that construction is complete now. It's quiet. 
you know, it's revamped. And I could see that because I read a review from like maybe two days ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, another thing in terms of social media, check the ha- their hashtags. Because sometimes mm-hmm. you'll see like the best, especially on like the actual social media. This is what I had to start doing more for restaurants. <laughs> but yeah. it also works for, you know, going on travel. Um, mm-hmm. On the, the the businesses, social media, they're always going to show you the best stuff, the highlights. Mm-hmm. And so it's mm-hmm. like if they have a hashtag, then I'll go through that. And you get to see what other people are posting. And that's mm-hmm. kind of like the quote unquote reviews. Like if you were to look at a Yelp or something, that's the Instagram, the equivalent to yeah. the reviews on, on Yelp is the hashtags. So mm-hmm. definitely, I, I am a huge proponent. I Yelp every <laughs> restaurant I go to before I go to it. So I like to be surprised. <laughs> yeah, no, I need to know. And I always make sure, like you said, I always make sure when I look at the reviews, because they automatically on Yelp, they automatically do a Yelp sort, which is so stupid. Um, so I always mm-hmm. make sure I go to change it to most recent and it puts it in like chronological order, the most recent, mm-hmm. because I have seen ones where it's like, oh, yeah, that was a year ago. So I don't even know if like, this is this a flat. Yeah, yes. so I love that tip. And um happy to hear that, one, I already do it, and that you can use it in other uh, facets of your life. It is a, a yes. whole life tip. Do your researches. Yes. Do your social media Googles before mm-hmm. you do anything. I firmly believe in that. Like you said, there are people who just like this surprise, but I am not one of them. I like oh, just to, just for restaurants. No, no, for re- yeah, oh. for restaurants. Like, <laughs> she said everything else. <laughs> be looking it up. Yeah, I'm researching. Yeah, all of that. Um, what about number four? So number four is mainly for I'll say my international travel travelers. Um, when you're tra- when you're traveling abroad make sure you register for the STEP program. That's S-T-E-P program. And that's the Smart Traveler Enrollment Program. And um, this is a free service that allows U.S. residents, um, not residents, well, yeah, residents, well, U.S. citizens um, that's traveling or living abroad to receive the latest um, security updates from the nearest U.S. embassy or consulate. So I know, like, when you're on vacation, it's supposed to be this utopia and, you know, and it's not, nothing's supposed to go wrong and things are supposed to go smoothly, but in actuality, things can go, you know, change in an instant, but be it weather, be it, you know, it could be wildfires. It could be a civic unrest. It can be, you know, whatever, just being accounted for so that if you need to be evacuated or if your family needs updates on you, that, the U.S. government is aware that A, you're there, and then B, like your condition. It's a way to um, to kind of keep update on security, whether it's a, you know, media evacuation, whether it's just a warning, whether it, you know, whatever is is happening, that you are you have the most up to date information from them, and vice versa, they have the most up to date information from you. I know some people are like, oh, I don't want the government to know that. I, I understand, but. Your passport has a chip in it anyway. They already know you're there. So <laughs> it's like you're not really as secretive as you think you are. So just have that extra level of security by registering. I cannot talk to It's okay. Regist- Neither of us can. It's fine. We're, we're, we're the same. It's, it's okay. With the nearest embassy. And this can also help if everything's going well. It's not a world, you know, 
a world changing event, but you just lost your, you know, you lost your passport or your passport was stolen. You want to have a point of contact or some proof that, hey, I am a citizen so you can get the ball rolling and get that information back to get you a passport or emergency passport faster. So just enrolling in the STEP program when you're traveling abroad is um, one of the things I recommend. You know what that makes me think about, and I know this is like the absolute most drastic situation, but um, like every, I watch a lot of action movies. Every Mm -hmm. international action movie where like the American goes somewhere international and they always have to get to the embassy or the consulate and they can't get there. (laughs) If you had registered for the STEP program, maybe you could get there. That's exactly what Maybe they had knew you were going to be there. Right. I I just recently watched, um, oh, I can't remember the name of it now, but it's the movie with Denzel Washington's son, where him and his girlfriend, fiance, whatever, go international for this trip, and they get into an accident, and all this stuff starts happening, and he's like, he's... I can't remember. I can't, all I remember is him saying he's something like in... The mountains of something Russian on it. I don't remember. <laughs> but he was somewhere and he needed to get to the embassy and people were shooting at him. And I'm sitting and he had his phone the whole time. And I'm sitting here like, you could have told them if you had registered <laughs> for the step program, Mr. Uh, and David who Washington. you were. Yeah. Yeah. Is look you up. Like, that's all you had to do mm-hmm. is give him your social. I, I don't really know what the, the thing is. But to my. My thing is, it doesn't seem like it would hurt. I know it seems sort of invasive to some people, and you know, they're they the government is tracking your every move, but they already they're doing it anyway. The robots I will say you have a whole cell phone. Watching. Yes, I will say cameras everywhere. You have a phone in your pocket. Your passport has a chip in it. Like mm-hmm. the gig is up. Yeah. It's fine. And, and <laughs> like, I'm telling you, literally every international movie where the American goes somewhere else. I bet you they could have been helped if they could have gotten in touch with the <laughs> That's it. And the, or the consulate. Or so, the consulate. Yeah, no. Yes. I was like, please enroll in the um, STEP program for, for every trip. Just because, like, even if you go to Jamaica monthly, register monthly. Just so that they know that you're there at that particular time. And should something arise or if something, you know, if... You need to get your family needs to get in contact with you, and you're in some remote place in Iraq or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, just yes, I was like, just enroll with the program. Love it. I love. I actually really love that one because, like, the things that are going on in my head right now are crazy. <laughs> um. So, last but not least, what is number five of the top five tips and tricks for the bluntly black girl and traveling? experiences with cannabis or really any um, traveling experiences i guess i would say any i would say this is good for anything this is all the teas. um make a copy so this kind of feeds off of number four make a copy of your itinerary and your travel documents um and not only make a copy but leave them with a trusted source outside of the travel circle i know it sounds like a lot but hear me out so you make a copy of your itinerary and your passport and your, your travel documents um I know I get asked often, should I carry, you know, what's safer? Should I leave my passport and stuff in the safe? What if I get pickpocketed? Or should I, you know, carry them? What if they, you know, somebody break into the safe? It, I understand your passport and your visas and everything are your lifeline um, in and out of the country, like literally. But I will say, 
it's not a good or bad answer. Both things can occur either way. Like someone could break in the safe and take everything if you leave it behind and someone can do. So the best thing I like to say is make a copy. Um, I personally take mine only because I, what if I have to do an emergency exit or something, you know, we have to all get out of Dodge immediately. So I have mine on me, but I have, you know, anti-theft, um, cross body bags and all the precautions, um, that I can think of to secure it on me safely, but I also leave a copy at the hotel in the safe. And then I also leave a copy with someone, with someone who's not traveling with me. So at the, you know, they will replace your documents, your visas and everything. If you don't, if they're stolen, damaged or whatever, and you're in Italy and, you know, you lose it three days before you're supposed to depart. If you have copies of these things, you can still get a replacement one. If you have proof of, you know, they'll rather take a digital one than nothing at all. Just to prove, you know, you are who you say you are. So, you know, these things aren't new to any of the embassies. But just having these things available will help you in that in that moment. There's nothing, you know, nothing worse than feeling your pockets or go to hand them your passport and it's gone. It's not where you left it. So you're like, oh, hell, what do I do now? So, you know, you might not have um, your wallet or something. It might got stolen. You might not have your wallet and it's back at the hotel. And all you have, all you know right now is your mom's cell phone number. So if you're, you know, you call her back at home, you're like, mom, I need you to, you know, read off my passport numbers or something. Just having like these little safeguards i guess backups yeah <laughs> like backups are um essential when you're traveling i would say even uh domestic too not just internationally but domestic too just having somebody to know where you are where you're supposed to be um you know it, i have a lot of solo travelers as well so just that extra um peace of mind of knowing somebody knows what your plans are in case you know you deviate from the plan or something happens and they can't get in touch with you. Yeah. My mom used to travel a lot for work, like for, you know, two, three weeks out of the month. And mm -hmm. she always left a copy of her itinerary at the house. Now that might've also been to make sure that my dad picked her up from the airport on time, <laughs> but we'll Instead say, dual purposes. yes, yes, yes. Um, it's definitely a good idea to have somebody else who's not traveling with you to have a copy of your stuff so that if anything happens, cause again, these are all safeguards because shit mm -hmm. happens, life happens and you just want to, it's better to be prepared than not prepared especially mm -hmm. when you're on vacation. Like vacations are supposed to be fun yes. and like you're supposed to let your guard down a little right, bit. Right. Like, exactly. Like so you still, still there. So set yourself yeah. up for success, friends. Um I love all of those. I think they're all great pieces of advice. Um and one last question for you. You mentioned mm -hmm. earlier that there were about six countries that you could think of that were cannabis friendly. Can you share those countries with us? Or at least sure. the ones that you can think of off the top of your head? Because I'm like, yeah. man, I need to make a, a, a list. Of okay, okay. Um, Thailand has recently um, joined the It's sort of like one every three feet now. There's some type of CBD slash neon light blaring in Thailand. Um, 
Thailand, Spain is one oh, that has Spain's a pretty. On, both um, of those are on my list so far. Already mm-hmm. on my list. That means I'm excited. <laughs> um, South Africa. I mean, we have to pay homage to the Durban poison. So yeah, South Africa. Is that where that comes from? Yes. Oh. It's a, a township, I think, or I forgot. They don't call it a city, but I forgot what they call the uh, cities within South Africa. Um, but Durban is one of them, and I know Durban poison originally. I don't know if there's still like strains out there that have its origin now, but that's where it um, originated from. Um, well, I mean, we're surrounded by Canada's one, Mexico, Trinidad and Tobago. Um, trying to think of more correct jamaica um amsterdam is a little they're a little mad at us i was gonna say i see i saw a a (laughs) article somewhere that they're like we're sick of you tourists coming here (laughs) smoking up all our weed and fucking up our shit Mm -hmm. basically yeah yeah so they you know they're they kind of go in the well spain does the same thing barcelona they're more of like cannabis clubs so they're not, um, you have to be, I guess, a, a member, which some members can get day, I mean, some clubs do day passes, some do invite only. Like, there's no, you know, shortage of how to get it, but it's just not as blatant as, um, you know, one, I guess, would think it would be. Mm-hmm. So I think Amsterdam is trying to do more like Barcelona, where they have private um, coffee shops as opposed to, uh, you know, just, I guess, what the red light district or the dish that part was known for. Um, Uruguay, which is like a very off the beaten path, um, South American city, but, um, Montevideo and, uh, places like cities along that, uh, coastline, they have a a huge cannabis scene, um, Argentina, Colombia, um, and then yeah, 33 states here in the U S and we have Canada, Mexico, um, there's a lot of options out here and to me there's no reason to risk going to like you know russia and um dubai and places where no, clearly against it. you know japan like i i know people that would love to visit 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 japan but it's not a very cannabis friendly country so yeah. <laughs> um of those places that you listed have you been to any of them and uh what would be your favorite I have not yet. We have South Africa on the list. Um, and we are working on Barcelona, I think, in 2025. Um, Girl, I might have to be there with you because that sounds amazing. <laughs> and that sounds like a good like time for me to... Yes. I got some it's, shit going on know. right now and probably next year. <laughs> but 2025, yeah. I'm like, that gives me something to look forward to. And that's the thing with, so your experience really could be, a cannabis experience can be put together on any budget, I like to say. Like, I like the challenge that it can be done on any budget. And that might look like a, you know, just a small staycation here in the U.S., depending on where you are, um, to, you know, something international like, you know, uh, Mallorca or Lisbon. And I think Portugal is cannabis friendly as well. So it's, yeah, you can make a whole European tour. It's so many. It's so many possibilities with cannabis tourism. But um, my favorite. So domestically, my favorite is Las Vegas. I know, I know, I know, I know. It sounds cliche, but a because I think it has a piece of my heart because my grandmother went there every year mm-hmm. for like twenty something years. Like Vegas was her spot. But 
in turn, she also had us go every year. So every time I go to Vegas, I do something new. I don't do like the traditional gambling slash like party thing. I've never actually been to a party in Vegas. And this is probably my 13th year or so going. Um, but it's like the food, the food, the food. <laughs> now you have the weed. And then I like to do the touristy stuff. There's like the Grand Canyon. I've done a two-day trip. I'm not a two-day trip. A two-hour trip up to uh, Zion National Park, which is in Utah. And that drive was like gorgeous. You're in Reno, so you you know you see it all the time. But being from the East Coast, it's like a totally different type type of you know Vibe. geography and landscape. And we're ooh and eyeing at the Red Rocks and all the uh, all the stellar. Uh, shows that you can do in vegas and internationally i think jamaica still has my heart like you I have to go with the 18 OG. in jamaica yeah you have to go with the og though like yeah. the food is phenomenal the music the weed like i mean i know people say oh it's just regular weed listen enough of it it's fine it, it, you'll have you'll be just fine right. but i just you know something I don't know. Jamaica just checks all the boxes. Right. It's warm. It's it has good food. It has good weed. It has good music. That's good all I beaches. need. And, I, and it's yeah, I would say good beaches. And it's us. Like I love seeing so many black people mm-hmm. in one place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, I've it's... I've been to Jamaica twice, but both times was on a cruise. So I really want to mm-hmm. go again and like go stay in Jamaica and like experience. Oh, yeah. Because you, you know when you're in a cruise, you're only in the port for like a day, and it's not even. Yeah, a I would say day. eight hours if that. Yeah. So I really want to go and fully experience Jamaica. So it's de- that's also definitely on my list. And you've had me add a couple more, so I appreciate you <laughs> for that. And I appreciate you for coming through and dropping all this knowledge on us. You definitely taught me quite a few things here about traveling. It made me so excited about manifesting these big-ass dreams because I'm going to have some big-ass vacations right along with them. <laughs> so I'm so thankful for you coming through and being your blunt and honest self, getting high with me and smoking with me. Um, Thank you. Before we wrap up the episode, or before we get out of here, I guess we basically just wrapped up the episode. <laughs> but before we get out of here, we always end the show with a random-ass question. Mm-hmm. Uh, because what is highness without randomness? Um, I have a list of questions number four through 20. You can pick a number and I'll ask you that question. 16. All right. 16 is if you could, and so, so on par with what we're talking about, my God, <laughs> um, if you could speak any other language besides English, French, or Spanish, what would the language be? Uh, besides English, French, or Spanish, uh, probably is it Ebo? I G B O. Oh yeah, I don't know. Oh, I, I know yeah. that's somewhere in Africa, but I don't yes, know. I'm about to say I, I, I think it's Nigerian, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. But I know I I have to speak at least one language of the of the motherland. Like I have to. I love that. I think like, it's I, very original. <laughs> I wouldn't. Yeah, I, I was to say, I would have preferred not preferred Spanish, but I know just 
business wise being in the US. Yeah. Spanish is, you know, definitely um language. I would be two. I love bilingual. I'm jealous of anybody that's bilingual, whether it's sign language. I would have to say that's my second one too, sign language. Yeah. That I really um I love that. Mm-hmm. And I've seen so much more content, and I don't know if maybe it's because I'm consuming that content more, but I've seen so much more content with people really uh, showing ASL and sign language Mm -hmm. in a very cultural way and, like, teaching it to other people. Even commercials. Yeah, and Mm -hmm. I I just think it's so beautiful, honestly. Um, I would say, and I, I cannot tell you which one is one or two, but Portuguese and mm-hmm. patois those would be my two mm-hmm. and i and when you said yeah. the motherland i was like yes that does i get it i i understand that and i think i would put something from the motherland as number three but there's just something about patois that like when i hear it my ears ring and <laughs> and i just love it and so i would love to be able to speak that language i get, i want to be bilingual so bad i know it used to be a question of like would you rather be able to communicate, what was it, understand any language or communicate with animals? <laughs> and most people put animals because they're like, I, I hate talking to humans. <laughs> but Look, I, I do understand that. And I think that that would probably be my answer too. But to be I, able to understand I, I, anybody would be a full, yes. like, it'd be a That's gift. a game changer. Yeah. Yeah. And not even just understand, but to be able to converse because you can understand oh, yeah. a language, but to really be able to have a conversation with somebody in their language, their dialect, is the conversation is such so much more fruitful than mm-hmm. just being able to be like, oh. I mean, uh, any and every language. Poquitos espanol? Like, yeah. that's really all I got? <laughs> like, like, that's it? That's all I got? Yeah. But no, I mean, even long lost languages, like any language. Right. Oh, that would be beautiful. Imagine reading like some really old text from like that is found in like Egypt and you're able to, oh my, if you could understand (laughs) the hieroglyphs, that would be dope. Yes, I'll probably get, I think I'm overstimulated now. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Trying to be able to read any language. But yeah, that's, that's, I've always, you know, like you said, it connected uh, nicely with travel, right? With language. <laughs> yes, yes. All of the things, all the synergy. I love it. The synergy of the episode, um, starting from the red hair. Even though mine is not quite red right now, but we're <laughs> gonna get there. You have inspired me to I'm get saying all that's my time shit. Get there. Yes, yes. Um, so I think that sums up another episode of Bluntly Black Girls. Again, I want to say thank you to my smoking sister Ayana. You have dropped so much information, gave me a whole lot to think about. For my next trip because now i'm definitely going on a trip i have so many visions in my head and i'm excited so well, tell the people where they can find you how can they um hire you as their travel agent how can they join one of your cannabis excursions events Ooh, i'm not sure what they're called well, all of it all of it all both of it. Yes, i would say it's both of them yeah because yeah. we how have they we give do you their money yeah i yes. tell people we do have 420 friendly events as well as tours. So you were right on both accounts. Um, you can find us on frontrowtravels.com. Um, social media, same thing, Front Row Travels. I think on IG is Front Row Travels LLC. But we have a quick, if you want to like submit questions about um, joining one of our, I mean, about hosting your own cannabis friendly um, excursion, because we do uh, group and private trips as well. Um, 
just go on our website, click travel request, fill out a short form and schedule a consultation. Um, our hosted events are on our website under cultivated experiences and that's on frontrowtravels.com. I love it. And um, like I said, I always say give a black woman your money. Definitely give this black woman your money because then she's going to turn that into a bomb ass vacation for you. So even more reason to give her your money. Yes, a win-win. Um, again, thank you so much, Ayana, for coming on. This has been amazing. I absolutely loved the entire episode and appreciate You're you welcome. so much for uh, smoking with me today. You guys can follow us at Bluntly Black Girls on IG, Bluntly BLK Girls on Twitter, and visit the website www.bluntlyblackgirls.com for more podcast episodes. Comment, rate, subscribe. Please comment, rate, and subscribe, especially on the podcast, because that would just be wonderful if we could get those numbers up. I see the numbers going up on Instagram, but I would, and I love you. I love every single one of you for that. But can we also get them to go up on the actual podcast? So just hit that subscribe button on whatever podcast app you use and talk to me. Talk to Ayana. If you have questions about where you're traveling, hit her up. And, you know, she's going to put something together that is just amazing. Let it, it. Yes. Let us know what you think about the episodes. Any comments or questions from my guests today, definitely hit us up. Smoke a blunt, drink your water, and fuck what anybody got to say about being a bluntly black girl. And we're out. Bye.